commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grace Comback and you're listening to Core World News, your Holland News service providing in-depth coverage of the latest stories developing in every sector of the galaxy. Welcome to another special presentation of Andor Candor. Now, we go live to the CWN newsroom to join your hosts, Ben and Grant, for the review of Episode 8, Narkina 5. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Kondak, uh, always a pleasure to have him around. Today, uh, Adam is unable to make it to our floating space station. Uh, there are some closed hyperlanes, something, something. We'll get those opened up, and he'll be back with us soon. Um, thanks very much for joining us for another edition of uh, Covering Andor, which is just super great. Um, s- starting off, uh, highlights there. there. Actually, uh, Grant, why don't you give us... Grant's doing summaries these days. He's been putting in the work and summarizing these things in full and it's setting Let's a good table for all of us. A summary of episode eight, uh, Narkina five, uh, confusingly enough. What's <laughs> Narkina five? Wait, what's Narkina five? So uh, he, he, hear me out. You're going to find out in the first couple seconds here. <laughs> <laughs> Sentenced to nice. six years in prison at the end of the last episode. Episode eight begins with Cassian being forced onto an Imperial transport heading to Narkina five. Upon arriving at the partially underwater labor facility, Cassian is in for a shock when he learns about the nuanced disciplinary tactics employed there, such as tungsten steel floors used to electrocute prisoners for disobedience or lack of productivity. It's a tungstoid steel. Cassian is is then assigned to a level and work table where he meets Supreme Floor Manager Kino Loy, played by genre film heavyweight and mocap pioneer Andy Serkis. Serkis. That's what they brought in Serkis for. Okay. Each work table is tasked with building large three-pronged cogs. Both the voice chiming in over the prison intercom and Kino make it clear that productivity is key to winning this game of Flora's Lava. Uh, after this first herring har- <laughs> shift, Cassian has shown his cell, more aptly his doorless alcove, complete with folding table, folding toilet, and food tube. Uh, at the Bureau of Standards on Coruscant, Cyril Karn is pulled out of his workstation and questioned by Deidre Marrow, who is concerned about the gaps in Blevins' report detailing the events that unfold on Ferrix concerning the dead corpos, stolen Starpath unit, and Andor's escape with Mysterious Ally. Cyril offers what help he can in terms of identifying Cassian's accomplice. Recognizing Cyril's drive for rectifying his error, Deirdre gives him access to Blevins' report and then heads to ISP briefing room to make her case for drilling down on Ferrix to identify Cassian's ally, whom she has now assigned the moniker Axis. Deirdre explains to the ISP higher-ups that she believes Axis is at the center of a coordinated rebel effort to steal Imperial equipment. Colonel Wolf Yularen and Major Partigas agree to Deirdre's Wish list to increase surveillance on Ferrix, and Deidre travels to the occupied city to continue her investigation. Uh, embassy parties at Mon and Perrin's spacious pentas are still all the rave as we catch up with Mon, Perrin, and Tay enjoying Chandrillan cocktails aptly called squigs for the wriggling worm added to the drink before enjoyment. Leda stops into a slammer disgust for the squigs while other partygoers are thirsty for more. Tay informs Mon Mothma that the new banking regulations are making it difficult to withdraw funds, that the Empire is staffing more Imperial auditors. Mon Mothma even shares in a debate on the current political climate, the Partigors and Mon weigh in on Palpatine, the Public Order Resentencing Act, Imperial Protection, etc. 
Uh, back on Arkina 5, it seems all hope is lost as inmates end their lives in the electrified floor and defeated and or walk circuitous walkways and viewports depicting other long skywalks with hundreds of other prisoners marching single file. A spark of hope emerges when the casting sees two prisoners using sign language to communicate from separate walkways. In a brilliant graphic match cut, we ju jump 30 shifts later and casting has learned to ass assimilate as a laborer. On Ferrix, Bix and Brasso tend to Marva in her cold hovel. Her health seems to be declining due to her fixation on the Imperial occupiers and acting out in the streets. Bix then goes to use the Rebel Whisper Network to contact Luthen, but Clay convinces Luthen not to answer. Luthen makes the hard choice to shut down the comm system, but with Dedra having increased surveillance on Ferrix, Bix is apprehended by stormtroopers in the streets the next day. Luthen's spaceship spears past frame and into an endless star field. He sets coordinates for Sagra Milo. What or what or better yet, who could be on Sagra Milo? It is none other than our favorite extremist, Saw Guerrera. Luthen <laughs> hopes to offload some equipment on Saw Guerrera, but the rebel leader turns down the offer after Luthen makes a cutting remark about how he runs his operation. Back on Ferrix, Bix is brought to Deidre for interrogation. While Cassian, in prison on, Ar on Arkina Five, is unaware of his friends, unaware his friends are in danger. Very good, Grant. That um, was the episode. That was. I, when you say it like that, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> in my mind's eye, I was like, prison. They were in prison. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of prison, but yeah. Again, beautiful weaving of the stories, of character stories, um, all together there. Uh, kind of broken in chunks for you uh, in the summaries, but they're 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 uh, they're actually beautifully woven together. And the yeah. cuts are the, the really great juxtapositions in storytelling. I would say, especially with you know, Cyril Karn and Andor, that, that that feels very closely aligned in terms of their cutting between that and then Mon Mothma, Luthen, that yeah. sort of stuff feels like it's cut together. I almost want to start with Cyril. Just, he's, man, like, he keeps doing all the things we expect him to do and then he keeps falling short. This was his moment in the sun, right? He was finally, yeah. he yeah. finally, like, he was raising a flag, so you were totally right, uh, Grant. You would guess that he was searching, still searching on those computer terminals. And it turns out he was just like, Accusing him of random wrongdoings having to do with <laughs> yeah. like his yeah, like apparently resource he's, uh, discrepancy. Yeah, he's messing with the purity of the oil in many different, I guess, departments yeah. that that you could do that in. And uh, I guess that's just the tool he's been using to search databases for Cassian, or to just flag him, raise alarm, and sort yeah. of where whatever pops up is something he can go on as a lead. Do you think he wanted to get ISB involved? Do you think he was raising a flag to, knowing that like ISB would look for him? Because he didn't look surprised to be, you know, interviewed there. Yeah, it's fascinating. It felt like such a kind of like insular, you know, event. And then now it's so macro, like it seems like it's it's all important to the equipment is is sort of now tied to the, the, the ISB's sort of main priorities, right? Is to figure out who's stealing this equipment, uh, as well as sort of tighten security after Eldani. And so it's it's interesting. It's could he be doing that purposefully to get the attention of ISB? Maybe, maybe because he, maybe because more rebel activity is happening, and sort of what happened to him was treated as a kind of a rebel action. So, yeah, yeah, maybe it, it, it's unclear. It's unclear, right? Because it's, it's like yeah. how do we know how stupid like Cyril Karn is yet? Like he's so earnest you know that you think that he sort of knows what's going on was he just trying to be like i'm just gonna throw accusations at this guy to try and get him behind bars or was he like you know stupid like a fox trying to uh, get the attention of 
of the real people chasing him so that he can be involved again. I, I don't know. It, it wasn't clear, which is kind I of... I think it's a personal vendetta. I think it's I think it's something that's just he holds at his core and then it's he needs to rectify this wrong, you know, that happened to him. And that's that's how he views the situation is that he was in charge of security and protection for, you know, the entire system and whatnot. And uh, and, and and he sees this as an injustice. And so he's he's going after you know, and or no matter what. So that that's I'm, it's, yeah. I think it's a sort of personal, you know, uh, interest for him. Yeah, really, really fascinating, man. Um, good stuff. There's so yeah, I mean, it, it's the tension is so high in this show all the time. I mean, you, you can't even like ever catch your breath. All these people are scrambling, trying to find Cassian. Meanwhile, he is on the brink of death. He's already been captured, you know, and, you know, is really in this really toxic situation. Um, yeah. Shocking. I like how you, you work that into the, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, really cool take on prison, like a new invention. It's fascinating. Honestly, just the idea of the, the guards don't need weapons and that the floor is all electrified. And it's just, it's just, it seems like a terrible way to go, honestly, when you think yeah. about it and just how frighteningly painful that would be to you know land on it i i can already see the scene where like someone lands with their face on the floor oh, and, oh. and turns the system on like i can already see that shot like we're getting that yeah <laughs> it's a it's going to happen what's also cool is you kind of see cassian uh observing his surroundings and kind of like i guess picking up the kind of lay of the land yeah. in this prison and so he can eventually i i hope escape and i i, I think when he gets in there he learns how they respond to sort of uh, whatever a tech glitch or an error you see the guards sort of like fumbling around trying to get him to his his uh his level but um they uh they have another you know glitch or mishap on another floor and it's like yeah. it's it's you know requiring all this manpower and so he's seeing how they, they move around there the guards in the prison right away then yep. he, he's getting seeing how the work tables and how that the how the workstations operate and all that stuff and meeting andy circus as Kino Loy. I mean, that was wow. That was a huge surprise when I watched, when I was watching. That. I was like, "Whoa, is that Andy, is that the Andy Circus?" Just because we got a we got a rumor that he was going to be in this, right? I don't. Or has he know. just been attached thinking, to like everything? I thought we got a rumor. So much directing he was work lately. I thought I, you would think he may have directed one or whatnot, but um, wow. Like it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and directs something for season two, given how much directing he's been doing recently. But um, yeah. yeah, just to see him acting and to see see him as a kind of like, you know, in person rather than some sort of special effect makeup or anything like that is so yeah. cool. like really like that. A sure. real tip of the cap to Andy Circus, you know, by doing that. Um, I mean, it's a relative bit part. I feel like he's been doing like he's been doing leading parts for years now. Um, leading roles but um but i mean yeah he gets a lot of FaceTime, and he, you know i mean I just, it is an odd choice to cast him as the sort of prisoner in charge of the other prisoners uh and sort of shouting at everyone because snoke did a lot of shouting like i wonder if you <laughs> if you gave, gave him a role where he is he's kind of like you, you play down the sort of anger and aggression and you play up some of his i don't know his more like uh idiosyncratic kind of uh i don't know sort of like yeah a, nebbish you know behaviors i think that could be interesting but um instead it's again it's just straight angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah desperate yeah just like he's like almost to the finish line and you can feel he's like let's just let's just finish strong i only have i mean three quarters of a year um yeah. 
I did the math. It was like uh, 2,189 days and uh, that like whatever the number was divided perfectly into six years. So um, th- uh, six, 365 day a year. So it's just like standard earth years with the way they decided to go with that. Um, but yeah. Narkina uh, five, you mean? Yeah. Narkina five. <laughs> right. um, yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows what it is, but I think that's like standard years because they talk about years and months and days and weeks. And I'm like, uh, isn't everything relative to like, you can't think about that in Star Wars. It just doesn't. Yeah. Time is not relative. And then we meet all the uh, the guys at uh, his work table on names. Um, Melshi's there from Rogue One. He's a he's a soldier in Rogue One. He's actually part of Cassian's work table. No kidding. Yes, yes. He's is he kind of the tall, stoic one that tells yeah, him like the one we're only here for two days? Cassian later and keeps telling him that our their sentences don't matter and the Empire yep. use them for you know as long as they want and all that sort of stuff. And then, which is a fascinating scene because it's so interesting because that's when Andy Circus comes and breaks it up. Yeah. Um. Uh. And Andy Circus then the uh, you know uh, Kino Loy. I'm sorry, yeah. his character. Yeah. Yeah. Then says, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 well, I forget. He says something about like uh, surviving the, or like productivity, or like something about. Uh, yeah, it was like, just a generic break it up focus, like do your thing. Uh, yeah, that was and then that was a fun exchange because to me it was like, is Andy Circus possibly good too? Is he also part of this rebellion? Like, could he? Does he hate this system just as much as these guys? Like, I wonder. There's like little bits. Where I don't really know, like much like Skeen, like I, there's no real tells for what Kino Loy is all about or what he believes just yet. Yeah, I don't think we know. I think that's purposeful, and I think that's going to be a fun turn. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you okay. don't cast Andy Circus unless there's some more development, right? Probably. Uh, yeah, there's got to be a lot more with him. Um, cool. That was that fantastic. Was- uh, uh- I think this is kind of turning into the wire a little bit. I got a lot of wire vibes from this episode. Oh, yeah. um, one, because of, you know, the prison stuff. And then also that uh, Deidre is trying to get wiretaps. <laughs> and yeah. they, they talk about like her <laughs> applying for wiretap. I'm like, is this the wire? Like, what's going on? But I'm rooting for the wrong team now. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, it, she like, wants to increase surveillance on Ferrix and she wants to. And it, it, that's exactly what we see in this episode. Yeah. It's basically... Uh, Bix goes to use that same uh, comm system she's been using the, the earlier episodes, but uh, this one, uh, this time, they don't answer. But because of the tap, because of the bug, like uh, Dedra, I'm sure, could zero in on the Bix used the system. It, there was a call sent out from here. You know, like they, yeah. they were using, it was like like level nine, like spectrum, like uh, spectrographic sort of like surveillance. I was like, okay, so they're probably, it's probably all of the, the different, um, you know, uh, uh, wavelengths and frequencies. They're probably just doing yeah. probably a scanning for everything, right? So, yeah, and they caught it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's frightening. It now that we'll see the full weight of the ISB coming down mm-hmm. on this thing. And Deidre is such a great character. Um, we get to see her interrogate um, Cyril Karn, and I really thought that conversation was going to go. I thought. You know, he was going to say all these things about how the report was messed up and she was going to overreact and bring him into the fold. And she did not do that. She was just like, you know, she's like, OK, you're a yachts. You've got nothing of value. You never saw this. Never bring it up again. Goodbye. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, yeah. cool. 
Yeah, but I also think there wasn't. She gave him an end to the to uh, the the graces of the empire by saying, "Don't raise alarm again, or it's or it won't be me you're talking to." Which is like, so there's a chance that they could she could reach out to him again, you know, as long as he stops flagging casting okay. Andor and he you know behaves on the job. So that's uh, that's interesting, and that makes me feel like Karn is one step closer to entering the empire. And so that's, that's fun. Like he's a character I'd like to see sort of like really crumble under the corruption because I don't think he really has understood the cruelty involved with what they do yeah. just yet. Especially with Dedra kind of revealing how sinister she is in terms of interrogating people and having Bix. Like this is really the big turn for Dedra. Like if you were really rooting for Dedra before this episode, I think this is the episode where you're like, oh wow, she really is just a fascist yeah. monster. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, definitely green guy, um, green hood guy from the green team. I know. Barracks, you know, <laughs> like I love that dude, him and his son, man. Like I'm bonded to those. Like they are, they're family at this point. And then, you know, they just beat the heck out of him and leave him there for Bix to see on the way in. That was brutal. Yeah, um, tough. yeah the, the DJ stuff. I wonder, you know, yeah, I wonder what she's doing. We'll see how it goes there. Um, I lost my, my train of thought. Yeah, we but. no, we saw so I mean, but so, so early on we get Cassian in the prison. We get a lot of prison, like you said. I mean, it, it definitely feels oh. like the wire or yeah. it feels like Oz or it feels like any prison show you've seen before where it's just a lot of prison. A lot of just seeing how the prison works, seeing the power structure, the power yeah. dynamics, all that stuff. Um, which is it's cool because we're learning the technology, we're learning we're learning the habits. It's all set up for what seems to be a prison break arc. Um, I can't wait to see how that unfolds. Uh, that'll be, that'll yeah. be fun. It could be um, next week, right? If we're going in three episode arcs, but unless they save it for later, but I feel no, like yeah, it'll be one more episode. And then I think the break. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, so I think, I think seven was sort of a, um, kind of, a turnaround episode in transit, sort of like inter, you know, inter episode to explore, everyone and all the different branching paths. But this one's kind of more focused on this new arc, I think of the prison break. And, yeah. uh, and also the, the idea of um, new characters being introduced with, with saw and Luthen. We'll talk about that yeah. at the end. But um, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess where we're at in the conversation is the, the, the dinner party at Mon and uh, parents. I mean, this is, this is a reoccurring sort of location. We are always at these, little events that they're hosting. And uh, this t this one was really fun because we got to hear all these sort of politicians in a circle talk about Palpatine, talk about yeah. the Public Order Resentencing Act, talk about it, it being a dangerous time in the galaxy, talking about rebel activity, talking about how much protection is too much, you know, and like, and when is it authoritarian in a police state? It's kind of like, it's, it was fascinating. I really liked that 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 sort of conversation. I was gonna say, yeah, this was exactly the stuff that I know you were hoping for, and, and me me too. Like yeah. real politics, it's like people like at that level discussing where you know what the direction of it is. What is it like? Is it okay that we're in an empire? I don't think it's so bad. Yeah, it's like we're all safe. A, What's wrong with order? You know, like I know. I'm surprised. It's so fascinating how sort of the Jedi were 
quickly dispatched and then covered up and by the empire because you'd think they'd be in the conversation still like oh the jedi always the jedi were did right by my brother when they negotiated all this cattle back to him you know when they were stolen by some warlord somewhere in the galaxy you know and like they they were good i don't know you know i don't believe they were wrong or help they they would even try to assassinate the chancellor that that doesn't sound like the jedi to me like you don't it's funny how that discourse is absent it's yeah again this show is not going there and i get that and it's fine i'm just uh, they were they were almost they were a big kind of uh body within the the political system you know i don't i think i get the the, get the it, sense yeah. that like when the the jedi were all like executed it was like you either no, we don't we don't talk in about the cause <laughs> yeah it's either like we don't talk about jedi and more like okay um or it's like yeah yeah the the jedi rebelled like and people in the know know you know yeah. it, you know they'd probably be considered a minority voice but they're probably like yeah i'm sure you know that didn't make any sense and i'm not convinced that's what happened you know because yeah, yeah. it's so vague it was like such a vague announcement and like one sentence and it was like so we had to condemn all these peacekeepers to death and it was like wait what yeah i mean is it also strange that their leader is like shrouded in <laughs> robes and sort of like dark black robes with a yeah, ghoulish face shit. yeah, yeah. Shooting like cattle set like is insidious <laughs> like i don't i just it's funny that that no one's really because again a nice way to circumvent that that sort of feeling that a lot of us are having about the show about how ridiculous it is that wolf yularen like answers to palpatine and treats him with like right. most respect when it's like at the end of the day it's just you know it's it's just a, a sinister sort of like uh evil uh sorcerer um it, it's kind of a strange feeling and so a way to circumvent that would be to have him show up at a dinner party to have like his party kind of like speak for themselves and kind of like see that what that means and maybe see how some of like the religion uh, like at the, the the sith uh sort of teachings how that sort of like is built into the now his administration and mm. how there's like the cultists or the acolytes of beyond around him and how those people are treated by higher ups and intelligence and stuff like that. And like seeing some of that mystical stuff, because yeah, I think you need it. I think you need it at this point. I think it's part of the political machination. And so I think it's missing from the political discussion. And so I would argue that a little bit of mysticism needs to be at the top, just like, yeah, just to show you what it looks like to have church running state and what that like a little bit just to show it. I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. It's kind of what's happening, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty, yet it's all off screen, which is fine. But it's yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that that might be season two stuff where where yeah. we start seeing, yeah. you know, they're really slow playing this like elevation through the hierarchy of the Empire. And, you know, but I, I think, I mean, the ceiling is Palpatine, right? Yeah. And, you know, even if we got into his inner circle, we already heard a whisper about Sly Moore. I can't believe <laughs> we've, you know, eight episodes yeah. in, we've seen like four dinner parties at Mon Mothman's house, but we didn't get the dinner party with Sly. You know what we need? We need someone to talk dissent about the Empire and then get taken out like the next day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, but so that's that's what Luther's all see. about. Like, like, that's like some Michael Clayton yeah. <laughs> stuff right, right. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, it is. What happened? He fell off his balcony? Oh, oh, yeah. A good defenestration. That's what we need. It's a great word. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's what Luthan Rail wants that to happen. He's trying to get that to happen. I think, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I, I think I, my favorite line from the episode, we'll do we'll do a roundup at the end. But yeah, I think it's a it's oppression 
breeds rebellion, which is like, it's, it's so true. Like the worse these systems are, the more people are going to want to revolt. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah the tighter you make your fist, the more systems will slip through your grasp. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he wants them to, you know, it's, it's the, yeah, the autocracy is happening too slowly and it's like, people aren't seeing it and you know, and we also get a media thing in here too, right? Like when um, Cassian gets into prison, they're all like, have you heard, have you heard what they did? Right. And he was like, I didn't hear anything. I think he, he, well, he was at the center of the, the event that caused it, but he's like, yeah, I haven't heard about this act at all. Like it doesn't, you know, and it's just like, oh, so there's going to be all these stories. Imagine how easy it would be to squash stories like in a galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then we also hear from Tay at the dinner party saying that the uh, pulling out the funds is proving to be more difficult than he thought. The Empire is staffing more uh, Imperial auditors uh, yeah. now, and there's just probably more audits happening of any any sort of withdrawal or any account. And so that's just becoming more difficult. Um, that's interesting. So the money, so I guess she's not going to be able to pull out these family funds Um yeah, the rebellion's gonna have to look. For, you're gonna have to find ways to get more credits. Uh, yeah, fast. Uh, and gotta yeah. love those auditing storylines. Yeah, <laughs> good, I was staffed up auditor there because yeah, that could change the whole the whole face of it, right? It's like, yeah, Mon Mothman's like, well, I can't help finance. Like, what happens if she can't help financially? How real is she? And she's like, yeah. well, you know, I'm a leader, and I just got to get into it. And you know, maybe that's what drives her back to Luthen, right? Where she's like. Okay, I can't get my funds. Where are those, you know, where are those? It's, it's fascinating to see how many L's the Empire takes. Yet they, they're getting really close to this case with the ISB is actually is really onto a good trail here. And yeah. then you're also seeing a lot of these new decrees and the, you know, the the action to add more auditors and sort of like there's a lot of stuff. Like there's a lot of actions being taken by the Empire to counter what's going on as well and to counter any sort of rebel insurgency that could happen. And so it's interesting to see the empire's reaction to a lot of stuff and actually seeing yeah. some competent moves from the empire. Cause yeah, they're going to lose at the end of the day, but it's, it's interesting to see how that system, uh, you know, it, it takes action and what, what Palpatine's doing at the top. You kind of can, you kind of can feel that it's Palpatine doing a lot of stuff at the top. And that's the one who's really getting agitated about the sense of control, right? Uh, I'm losing control yeah. of the galaxy. These people are rising up. This is happening. That's happening. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So he's going through fear and it's just like, yeah, a planet, you know, <laughs> if if that that event on um, Space Pink Cancun, I'm sorry, I didn't learn the name of that planet, but, you know, what, what Cassian went through, if oh, that's almost everywhere, Nymus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, what happened on Nymus is like happening everywhere in the galaxy you know yeah that that may the public order resentencing decree may have actually been the impetus may have been like the kind of lighter fluid for the rebellion honestly yeah yeah super like wow that is brutal sentencing this this shouldn't be allowed because no government previously had ever you know sentenced people this this drastically it's, yeah and then everyone already in prison gets their um if <sighs> they doubled just like <sighs> brutal yeah that is brutal it was yeah this is it, it wasn't like i walked away from this one feeling good there was pretty and it was a little close they're just like hey this is what fascism looked like this is what an autocracy is like um 
for in case you didn't know. And yeah, it, it's a it's a bummer and it's a grind. Um, but I can't. You, we know what happens. So, um, it's going to be a fun journey to get there. Do you want to talk about uh, Saw and yeah, Luthen? yeah, yeah, yeah? So then Luthen dials in Sagro Sagro Sa- Sagro Saw- Milo. What? Oh, Sagro Milo is that what Sagro Milo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have Have you heard of this planet before? No, never. I know you were happy when we just like pan oh. across and Benthic two tubes just appears on the screen. <laughs> I was like, oh, there he is. Yeah, my poor wife. <laughs> looking like, good too, by the way. Oh yeah, looking, looking strapping. Yeah. This is prime Benthic and Saw days, by the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's then we front go in the cave. Yeah, I just yeah, obviously I went crazy as soon as I saw that. I yelled yeah. out, "I'm like Benthic two tubes!" <laughs> and uh, my wife was just like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love that Your he's third like, favorite yeah, Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So good. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, Luthen's trying to sell some parts, but really they're talking about Aldani right away. And yeah. Luthen's blame Luthen's asking Saw if Aldani was him and you know, Saw's thinking. I loved that game. I love them just being like, yeah. no one wants to admit to anything because then like they would know. You know, they can't like they're still at a place where it's like it's too dangerous to tell people what they're going to do because you just get stabbed in the back. And they sort of alluded to it earlier in earlier episodes, you know, even with Mon not telling Tay, right, what he, what she's really up to. They're like, all right, we're on the same side, but I don't trust you enough. You're not in the circle of trust where I can tell you what's actually gone down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very similar. That's why I think their stories are kind of cut together in a nice way. Yeah. Um, it's kind of allocating funds for the rebellion, too. It feels like the building of the rebellion when it's goes yeah. between mom and Luthen sort of stories but um yeah i yeah that was that's that was such fun their, their banter is so great like to see saw have this friend in Luthen is yeah. so much fun like where we saw saw last was just so dark and 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 so disparaging and uh it, where we see him now is obviously he's he's you've labeled by an extremist by most people, but he's, he's just a radical rebel leader. It is sort of like the first yeah. artisan, the first uh, sort of a person to take arms against the empire, you know, and he's always kind of, he it, just going back and seeing how the, how the Republic operated with the clones and seeing how this all, he, you know, back in the clone wars, like he's, he has the long-term story of how it's all what happened here. Yeah. Like and he, he looks has... very much on the top of his game, right? Oh, he's yeah. there in his combat armor. He's got his people. He's got his ethos. He's hunkered down. He's built for this. He loves rebellion. And he's like, he loves that this is happening. Like he, he he's in a, this is peak Saw Guerrero. Now he, so then we start getting into the like ethos and we, we get here to different parties. Did I hear correct? Did, did Saw get labeled anarchists? Uh, Luthen calls calls Saw an anarchist, basically. Right. He and goes like anarchy is a seductive, yeah, ide- ideology. Yeah, he, anarchy is a yeah seductive and yeah ideology. But he, you're right. So I mean, but um, Saw didn't back down from that. He was like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I always thought they were a little more, fo- you know, say what you will about the tenets of national socialism. At least it's an ethos. Like I didn't think he was a nihilist. Like you know, or, you know, an like straight anarchist. I thought he like had an ethos there to, to like, 
you know, fight by any means necessary, like any sort of. I think he he yeah. just knows he's fighting something that's like indomitable, and so he's just understanding that he needs to give into oblivion, and so he's just yeah. extreme with his fight against the empire to the point where it's yeah, it's anarchy. It's just causing as much destruction as possible, right? Like that's kind of. But just to the empire, I guess. Yeah, just to the established the rule of the empire, I guess is that would be the one thing. He's not just like blowing up random other people like he's no. you know but i mean he uh, we well, know he his calling use, card is there are yeah there are stories where he he has used you know explosive devices that have yeah. injured innocents civilians yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so that's yeah he doesn't care and then i don't and yeah he's and he's a broken and lost character you know by the time we get to rogue one i think because of so many of those actions and yeah. some of it, so many of those sort of like uh uh, um, casualties that that he inflicted. So I, yeah, he's definitely he's an interesting character. He's just someone I think that is just so um, sort of devoted, ardent for his fight that it's everything else. He's just blind to everything else. He just he needs to take one back for the people and his people specifically. And uh, uh, he really is protective of his crew the uh the partisans that are with him it seems and then luthan kind of like insults him by being like you know yeah but you're living in caves and begging for scraps like that's yeah that was yeah that was a tough line um yeah that was that was really hard to watch honestly i was like this is a really sad exchange between two people who have been in this fight for i guess as long as anyone else and they're it's it's going so so like it's Luthen's sitting on a hundred thousand credits, but it's not a lot. He needs more. Like, yeah, well, it's more than a hundred thousand. I mean, we know what he took two hundred thousand. I think there was several million in that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think tens of millions is is where he's at. But that's, well, that's good because you're gonna need a lot more than what he's got to start. And uh, it's interesting. It's it's a fun conversation. I yeah. He he talks about they talk about Krieger and. Luthen wants um this is another setup, I think. This is another yeah. massive setup. It sounds like Luthen wants Saw to meet up with Krieger to provide air support for Krieger, who's yeah. running an operation somewhere. Um uh and uh Anto Krieger, I think his name is. Yep. Um and uh and then and he's a labeled a partisan, I believe. And then Saw labels uh Maya Peng Pei a uh, neo Republican, and then <laughs> someone else a sectorist, and someone else, yeah. you know, uh, a, a galaxy petitionist. Like he's just he's yeah. just going off at one point, saying everyone's lost. He doesn't want to work with anyone, and he just kind of like shuts down Luthen and sends him yeah. away. And because I think that was Luthen's real goal is I think you know the next logical step is getting some of these factions to work together, yeah. and then it's a real rebellion, and he can inject money in the right places, and they start getting a movement and. Um, yeah, and I love like, the part where Saw is like after he starts spouting about all these people, and then he's just like, "Luthen, what are you like? Yeah. I don't know what you are." And then he's like, "I'm a coward," and he's like, "I'm afraid." Like we're at a point where like if we don't act now, like well, it'll be too late to do anything against the Empire. Or whatever he says, it's just so powerful. Like it's yeah. such a good beat, and it's this is the guy who actually gets everyone to talk to each other, right? Like you said, it's like this is yeah. This guy basically started the rebellion with the help of Clea. Clea turns out to be vital in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's she might be actually running that shop. 
<laughs> Clea is like proto Leia. Like she is running this rebellion. Like mm-hmm. she's actually the head of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, she's the one who actually saves Luthen's butt in this episode in terms of just keeping him from answering the call from Bix. And she, yeah, Leia's, I mean, Clea is on point. Like she, she knows yeah. what she's doing. Um, yeah, then we get a little bit of Val and Cinta in this episode, just a tiny little sprinkling. Yeah. Val and Cinta are they in just happened to be staking out the exact right people. I don't know if they knew. <laughs> no, I think that was set up. No, that was set up nicely. I think before. How did they Wait, know anything about? Yeah, because well, they, they knew go Bix, back to right? Ferrix because yeah. that's Cassie and Andor's mom still there and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So they only know Bix, right? That's the only person. Yeah, that's the bro- it. Seems like everyone's spying on Bix. Bix can't catch a break in the show, by the oh. way. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Bix. Like it's yeah. after that first arc, and then now we're it's just the fallout, the further fallout from Aldani. It's it's ugh, it's tough. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost her boyfriend, you know. Yeah, then had to deal with Anne Cassian, and then it's like yeah, she doesn't even know how many people are on her tail, and then you know sees her friend get yeah. We get the whole deal. She's. You know, she's right there, and I can't wait to see what happens next. I mean, I have to imagine she's got – is she going to protect Cassian? Like, I don't know. No, she doesn't really know anything. So. It looks like an interrogation is happening at the end yeah, of this episode. But she doesn't know anything. She could be like, yeah, you know, I saw him, and then he said he was going to leave the end, you know? No, she, he gave her credits from the Aldani heist that are traceable oh, to uh, the Aldani <laughs> interesting You're right because they haven't made right. that connection yet yeah. so that's true that's, that's traceable to the heist and then that's not good no that's not good totally <laughs> forgot about that yeah you're right if they find the credits then yeah maybe maybe he exchanged them i don't know but i'm guessing he was just he was, they're just too hot to even even go exchange so he just used yeah. them um yeah so that's that'll be interesting um yeah th- i mean we covered most of it yeah and the episode kind of ends with bix going into interrogation and then uh and cassian just still unaware and in that in that prison uh and so that's uh it's frustrating and obviously it's, it's putting bix at the center again of the story which is really great yeah. it's it, to me it's like now cassian has to go save bix like something has to happen here like he has to redeem himself and especially his friend's eyes right like she he she's just constantly taking the blame and suffering for you know his actions so it's he has to, i think he has to go back and do something there there has to be a rebellion on ferrix yeah uh, you have to get the isb out um yeah uh perrin and um mon mothma were arranged marriage at 15 that was All right, that was exactly what i was gonna say yeah <laughs> that that explains a lot now you're yeah, just yeah okay. there we go yeah like they've been doing this for probably 20, 30 years of just sort of like living in entirely different worlds. But yeah, because she even says like, you know, one forgets to savor the familiar at one point. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that line. There's is- entendre in every line. There's yeah. Like every time Mon Mothma speaks, she's saying two things. It's like subtext. Like yeah. Every, it's just constant subtext between them. Perrin, not so much. It's or I guess he's always delivering some snide remark. But um, she does. She does remark that Perrin was sort of a fiery, like political activist when he was younger, or something. Like yeah. that's what I got. 
Yeah. But who knows? That yeah. could have that could have been your real nihilism right there. I don't know what Perrin was probably into as a youth, but it'd be cool if they could do a Perrin redemption arc and sort of like somehow he finds See, something. I else. think I think that's actually what might happen, honestly. I think <laughs> Mon Mothma might have some sort of something happen, something terrible happen to her family, honestly. Oh really? Like if he was like it came out and he was just like, if you were just honest with me, I would have backed you in whatever you were gonna do or something, you know, like yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Or yeah, they get captured. Or, or... he's complacent with high society, and she's yeah. outed as a sort of rebel sympathizer, and then he turns on her with their daughter, and their daughter keeps the daughter with him. You yeah. Know? yeah, I mean, I, I that see seems that like the most likely outcome is like he yeah protects himself and his daughter and just rolls over. But I mean, even for that, he would still under this empire, they would still both be punished just by for being in proximity. You know. Mm. All right, we yeah. want to do the, uh, the roundup? Let's do it. This episode, great. So, yeah, now we're just going to go uh, hit some bullet points. Grants come together, uh, come up with this framework. Um, and we're going to, you know, touch every episode with these because they've all got uh, these fun games. Grant, uh, take all it right. away. All right. Let's, let's do um, let's do a favorite scene. Favorite scene this episode. Oh. Do you, do you have a favorite scene? Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I can. Yeah, I, I feel like the 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 scene with Luthen Rail and Saw Gerrera is one of the the best scenes mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, uh, I think I yeah. think I concur. I think it's my favorite scene as well. I I can't the star the power scene saw again, and then yeah, just yeah, Stellan Skarsgård and Forrest Whitaker just uh oh, crushing, insane. just yeah. crushing. Um. But a good sec, a second to that, I think, is the Andy Circus introduction. I think just the, yeah. the, the bright white workroom, that yeah. whole that aesthetic being introduced to that part of the prison, and then, then Andy Circus to come out as the floor man as a floor manager. That was like Yeah. Whew, like I'm that was exciting. So Yeah. There's like a lighting that. thing with Star Wars that separates it from like THX one one three eight and other like sci fi. It's like the whites are extra, extra bright. It's like it's like a a tick below saturate, like oversaturation, like where the, the overhead lighting is super bright and super, and it just, it has its own feel in those spaces. And it definitely feels like star Wars, but it's, you know, scenes we've seen before, but the, yeah, the architecture and the outfits are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that stuff. Um, favorite line. Did you have a favorite line in this episode? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think Luthen rails. I, I'm a coward. Um, you know that whole speech that, that little yeah. speech he gets into. Yeah. Because, of, you know, cause I think a lot of, you know, there's a, obviously a lot of parallels to, to real world. Um, but, uh, so it, it hits, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I, I think it, that was the most telling thing. Cause we're trying to figure out what Luthen is and where his role is. But I mean, I look at him as like a facilitator, you know, but, it, you know, he's not fighting on the front lines, but he knows it's a job that needs to be done. He's trying to arrange these like bodies of power um, that are being oppressed into to one Voltron. Yeah. And then that line carrying through all the way to like, we'll look at you living in caves, like begging for scrap. That sort of like cutting yeah. line at the end yeah. was just delivered perfectly. Like, yeah, what an incredible scene. Um, yeah. Even just saw you know, going off about everyone's sort of political, uh, uh, following or you know, yeah. leaning, uh, it, that was awesome. Um, 
Yeah, I got to say, oppression breeds rebellion is a great line. Oppression breeds, breeds rebellion. rebellion. Yeah, is a great line. Um, he said that a lot. We see they're really hitting yeah. that home, like when he talks to Mon, and he's just like, "This is, you know, yeah." Yeah, that's a great one. Um, it's a radical idea. I, I, I just like when D Didra Romero is giving out, doing her, you know, the wish list is so great. When you hear her wish list get read off, get you know, Wolfie Lauren reads that off. Um, but I just like when she's like, I want to drill down on Ferex, drill down on Andor, and get a hunt started. I was like, yeah. that was just like, like yeah. was that the casting? Was it like that the the, the liner that she, <laughs> yeah. like casting for that role? Because it was amazing. And like, she just lived and breathed, you know, a sort of imperial uh, intelligence operative, you know, in, yeah. in that moment. And I thought that was just so good. Well, they, just the way they elevated the dialogue for the ISB agents when they talk to anyone, but especially themselves, you really feel like, OK, this is the lexicon that was built in the higher ups of the Empire. You keep everything short. You're to the point. You don't dilly dally. You don't, you know, like flip flop on ideas or, or pontificate. You just like you, you you give your mission and you stand behind it or else you look weak. And um, they've just done a really good job. I, all those scenes with the ISB agents um, and like major uh, Pentagas and all that are like part of guys. Yeah. They're all so sharp. They're all just like razor sharp and fun to listen to. Yeah. It, it, the, the whole part of gas part at the end, there's pretty good too. So yeah. what little we know is troubling that whole, that whole part where he goes off. On oh, it's, oh it's yeah. So good. And he's, yeah, um, yeah. He's like, all right, I'll take it from here. He comes into pinch hit. He's like, I'll carry this over the line. Yeah. And he's just it's like, like Miro has convinced me of our reports about this. Yeah. This being he's set. like, and needless to say, what little we know. Yeah. It's troubling. troubling. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> so the best good. line. That's the best line. So good. Yeah. Why did I waste it? That's the one. Yeah. Um, best dressed or best drip. Ooh. In the episode. Drip of the day. Drip of the, the day. day. <laughs> if you... Um, gosh. There was, a, you know, I feel like maybe I'll give it to Tay uh, this really? time around. Did Tay, Tay got Tay got some. No one else had. Coffee. No one else had great drip in this. Really, I I was. We got prisoners. I was going to give one to the bad guys. I was going to say Imperial prison guard with sort of like rubber boots, snowboard boots. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, the snowboard boots. Yeah, I was like, I'm into that. I was like, this is great. Um, okay, that's a really good one. That's a really good. Their one. outfits are so like eighties and like yeah. they just they look like little ski outfits with little white patch marks. It's so fun. Like, the, those jumpsuits look awesome. Um, yeah, they, that mean obviously horrible, horrible people. But um, <laughs> right, right, no, but you're right. The, that was the best standout um it that, outfit. It was, that it was cool. I like yeah, that. yeah, it was definitely the thing. I think the the Chandrillans, I just like want to give props because they they have a style and it's wearing like four robes on top <laughs> of five robes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they just wear a thousand geese and they, they just like all <laughs> layer up on each other until they're like these really yeah. samurai esque characters in That's white. How you enjoy some squigs. You just get some uh. gee and enjoy some squigs. Her her daughter was disgusted. She's like, I know she was like, but then Mon Mothma like didn't put any squigs in her shampoo. No. Yeah, and yeah. she didn't even drink it. She doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what what else you got? Let's do um, best new character. 
or best name, best new name, best new character. You can either or. Best new name or best new? I mean, the best new character is gotta be um, Kino Loy. Um, let me see if I get a Kino Loy is probably best new character. Yeah, best new name, Jembok. One of the guys at the work table's name is Jembok, and I, okay. I think that's a great name. Oh yeah, Jembok, Brian Bovell. <laughs> yeah, Jembok. I mean, even though it's so better than Ham, they have a guy <laughs> named Ham. <laughs> ham is pretty good. I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's like a little. Are you taking like, Ham as best reminiscence of pork? <laughs> it's close to uh, Jack Porkins, so yeah. yeah, I'll go with Ham. Olaf, Olaf is up there. <laughs> yeah, Olaf is good too. Zal with an X. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Kino Loy, best new character for sure. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I mean, Andy Serkis makes an appearance. It's like, hello. Yeah, though I did like the guy that um, that you're saying from the other uh, from Rogue One. He was like they they just they tell a whole story about someone in like ten frames. They just show someone like you know for a minute, and the way they showed that character, he. Um, you know, you could tell there's something about that guy that that's special. Maybe it was they're just like, hey, he's the guy from Rogue One. But like he gives the sage, you know, uh, it, it's pulled straight from the wire. It's like you only do two yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. You only yeah. do two days. The day you came in, the day you leave. He's like double, triple your sentence. Don't worry. There's always the guy in prison who just like holds you against a wall and whispers like real talk in your ear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You only do two days. That has to happen in any prison scenario. Totally, totally. <laughs> and Melshi turns out to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Melshi's Melchie. a great reveal, too, because he's, you know, obviously, if you know the Rogue One characters. and you, Duncan Powell, yeah. That's there. Yeah. So, All right. Um, most memeable moment. Okay. Why don't you go first on this, Grant? Because I know you got one in your All right. Mind. All right. Um, I think the obvious one, first of all, the one I want the most is... Andy Serkis saying hot floors and however anyone can find a way to use that I <laughs> just to see, but uh, just him yelling hot flo- floors, looking down the ground. Uh, I'd love to see that used, but um, I think get her, get her like the, the Imperial officer shouting, get her across the streets cool. of Ferrix uh, when he sees Bix Kayleen. Yeah. I think that is the, the, the ultimate gift of all gifts. <laughs> That's definitely a good one, man. Yeah, they'll definitely use that again. Get <laughs> Go back and listen to that. It's no, intense. it was legendary. It was we see the guy, and then and then it's a it's like an L cut, and we hear it as we're like panning across, like her running or like a different trooper. But it's an amazing <laughs> voice. It's like get Yeah, yeah. You got one. It's, it's amazing. I, I, that's the one, man. Um, Perrin dropping the squigs in the glass. I could see people. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'll take her. I'll have her squig. Oh. Yeah. And then a saw Guerrero. They are. They are lost. I mean, yeah. that's endlessly yeah. usable. <laughs> yeah. They're lost. <laughs> they. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a million from that. But um. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. No. Get, yeah, get but... her. Get her. I think's the one. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. That's gonna let's make it out of this episode. But um. Yeah. So that's a fun roundup. Uh. Cool, man. I think that's it. Well, I think that's our Andor coverage this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, be sure that this week we're also doing an episode of uh, Tales of the Jedi, so check out that episode as well. 
Um, and yeah, please, whatever um, outlet you're on right now, if you could please give us a five star review, whether it be Spotify, Apple, whatever, uh, would be a huge help. And we'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, deeply, deeply appreciate deeply it. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, on the rebellion. <laughs> definitely. Starts here. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, back with Adam and Cho. We miss him. Um, and yeah, until then, have a great one and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Yeah.